Welcome to the Bazgrim TV audio archive. Bazgrim TV is a YouTube channel focused on socially charged MMORPGs, specifically Pantheon Rise of the Fallen, which is an upcoming MMO that emphasizes community and cooperation. Now let me tell you right off the bat that I am not affiliated with the developers in any way. I am just a longtime fan of the game, and I believe that Pantheon is an important part of the future of the genre, so I want to tell you everything I've learned from my years of following its development. So, this podcast is where we go way back in the YouTube catalog to revisit some of my best videos in audio form only. That way, you can listen to them anywhere you go. In this episode, we look under the hood at the Unity engine and how the Pantheon developers are doing things with it that have never really been done before. You're listening to the Bazgrim TV Audio Archive. First, let's discuss why Visionary Realms decided to go with Unity in the first place. Pantheon is the first game that VR has made, so at its inception, they of course did not have a ton of money to work with, being an independent startup company. This means they had to be very frugal with how they spent their resources in those early days. Some companies may custom build their own engines from scratch, but doing that would have cost VR a lot of precious time and money, so they opted to go with something that was pretty much already good to go, and that's where Unity comes in. Visionary Realms did not seek the help of a publisher that may have been able to fund bigger things like a custom engine, because they wanted to maintain complete creative control of the project. That meant that they would instead have to seek crowdfunding to support the project. But most people don't usually fund a project if they don't know what it looks like. So VR had to quickly develop a rough prototype of Pantheon. And that's exactly what Unity allowed them to do. Unity has a massive store filled with assets that VR could license at an affordable rate to quickly and easily start building a prototype of the world. Again, hiring artists to make every asset from scratch would have cost a lot of time and money that they just didn't have then. But I want to be very clear, it was never the intention to use these Unity assets in the launched game. They were simply placeholders so that they could have a proof of concept to show to the public and potential investors. Then, once they raised enough money, they could then afford to make custom assets to get the world to look exactly how they want it. And you can see that's pretty much the phase they're currently in now, in 2019, as they're well into the process of using their own in-house artists to create awesome assets like these from scratch. Okay, but now, moving forward, how can we know if Unity will be able to continue to provide for the game as it grows into a full-scale epic MMORPG? I think Unity kind of gets a bad rap because a basic version of Unity is available to pretty much anyone. That means that any Joe Schmo wannabe developer can make a garbage game and proudly slap the Made With Unity tag on it. And once enough people do that, the general public starts to believe that Unity just isn't a good engine. But the key to Unity is that it's very flexible, which means it's about as good as the developers using it. So if you put Unity in the hands of experienced developers who know how to look under the hood and soup it up, 
the results will be drastically different. Right in the FAQ on Pantheon's website, it says this, quote, While Unity originally may have been geared towards smaller and more simple games, a lot has changed since then. Unity's developers are committed to providing an engine every bit as capable as any other professional game engine. In fact, we have a special relationship with them, and they are excited to see a major MMO being developed using their technology." End quote. The thing that really sticks out about that to me is how they say they have a special relationship with the Unity team. And I think that's probably one of the benefits of having an industry veteran like Brad McQuaid on the team. He can use his big name to build those bridges and bring together some of the greatest minds in the business. We obviously don't know exactly what that relationship entails, but I think it's at least reassuring to know that Unity is aware of Pantheon and is motivated to make sure they do what they can to help Pantheon be the best it can be. But even regardless of that, in the April 2018 Pantheon newsletter, Visionary Realms Chief Technology Officer Daniel Kren, aka Sarudan, was asked if theoretically they were starting the project today, would they still use the Unity engine? And this was his answer. Quote, yes, most definitely. Unity's team of engineers are actively engaged in moving the engine forward, version after version. There is so much more that we can do today that wasn't possible when we first started. There's a lot of new tech coming out in the next couple of years that is going to allow us to push Pantheon even further." End quote. So in some ways, the reputation of Unity being a lesser game engine is simply outdated, and that's just something they'll have to deal with until someone who really knows how to use it can prove otherwise. In July 2018, gaming organization Fires of Heaven hosted a Q&A with some of the Pantheon developers. And in it, they asked the devs if they think that any other studios will make MMOs with Unity if Pantheon is successful. And here was their response. Quote, I wouldn't be at all surprised. We've shown the game around a bit within the industry, and there have been many gasps of surprise as to what Unity is capable of. We have a strong team who are very clever in what they do, and are able to pull things off previously thought impossible for Unity. But Unity has been providing powerful tools and updates as well. We know it's a viable game engine for this kind of project, and I think other studios are realizing that now too. I think one of the best examples of how Visionary Realms is really surprising people with what Unity is capable of is the lighting, which can completely change the way a game looks. Remember how I said that Unity can be heavily customized to fit the needs of your particular game? That is going to be a huge factor on Pantheon's path to success. Visionary Realms technical artist Bruno Rime has already completely overhauled the lighting system in Unity. And in this stream from September 2017, they talked about how these changes have surprised even the Unity developers themselves. So there's, there's a little trick which we're doing with our shadows, um, and that the, the far shadows are not oh. actually using the Unity shadow system, we've written our own. And part of our performance ability and, and, and the performance that you're seeing is that th okay. those shadows have very little impact in terms of um, GPU usage. Okay, big thank you to chat, by the way. It looks like my on-off shadows were across the lake, but if we look to the left here, we can actually see the progression. Oh, okay, cool. 
Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the, the trick the trick is there is that the the shadows are still drawing in the distance, even when you're turning your shadow distance down. Um, and uh, it might seem like a small thing, but what that allows us to do, and if you turn it all the way down, you'll see the, the whole shadow system turn itself off. Um, what that allows us to do is to ground everything. Everything feels so much more three-dimensional. The foliage, like you pointed out, um, it's voluminous when there are shadows and it looks flat when, when there aren't. It's, it's something we're pretty proud of um, that we've developed in-house. Um, and you'll see that roll out in every level. Um, it'll be inter an integral part of the game. Yeah, I don't know how much Bruno is planning on tooting his own horn, but I, I do just want to throw in there that what, what Bruno's doing really is, is even taking the Unity engine a little bit further than we imagined it could go. Um, and so just want everyone to understand that a lot of these updates, part of the reason that it looks so good is because Bruno has really pushed um, what Unity can do in some pretty amazing ways. In so, fact, Unity kudos. themselves, the, the developers of Unity, were surprised at that the stuff that we're doing. <laughs> yeah. But everybody knows that even the most beautiful graphics only go so far. What really matters is performance, especially when you have a lot of characters on screen at one time, such as in a raid. For a while, this was a pretty big concern for some. Can Unity handle large-scale raids? And again, for the most part, this is another one of those things that is heavily dependent on the skill of the developers. And fortunately, VR has a CTO who is obsessed with optimization. But there still has to be a ceiling somewhere, right? In 2018, VR announced their plans to launch the game, with raids geared toward groups of 12 and 24 people. Now compared to some games, this may seem a little low, which triggered those concerns about Unity maybe just not being able to accommodate larger groups. But in the April 2019 developer roundtable, Joppa settled that once and for all. Very briefly, um, can Joppa clarify whether the 24-man raid limit he mentioned in a previous stream is intended as part of balancing your counter design challenge? And he said Vanguard comes to mind, or if it's because of engine limitations with Unity. It is not because of engine limitations. I'll say that. And, and yes, it's part of balancing encounter designs, but we we have uh we're open to expanding that um raid size uh, on an encounter to encounter basis um as we move along in that there there may be um to clarify what i mean by that like there there may be certain encounters where we exceed that limit um in terms of just how many players are actually necessary to take the thing down but the the 24 um, person point is not a, a system limitation. It's it's our goal, kind of designing our raid encounters around at the moment. So the Pantheon devs clearly seem very confident that Unity itself won't hold them back from accomplishing what they want and need to accomplish. Ultimately, only time will tell if the devs can tweak Unity enough to provide a smooth gameplay experience in Pantheon, but. I think so far they've given us enough reason to believe that it's at least technically possible. It's just a matter of execution. So don't knock it till you've tried it.
After this video was posted on YouTube, Pantheon's chief creative officer, the late great Brad McQuaid, posted an epic comment on the video, which provided some key context about Unity and Pantheon, and I would like to read it to you now. It's a bit long, so bear with me. Quote, Unity has been fantastic. It allowed us to start with virtually nothing. We could download art assets, we could use built-in code like UI, gameplay, network, shaders, etc. But then, as we have grown, we have been able to test and use other libraries and functionality, many geared more for MMOs. Then, even more recently, we've begun to replace shaders with our own code, stock assets with our own assets, developing a solid content creation pipeline that incorporates popular and professional tools as well as in-house Pantheon-specific tools and more. I have personally chatted with various people at Unity, including the CEO, and their goal, now that they feel they have the top engine for smaller teams and projects, is to compete directly with the higher-end engines often used by AAA teams and at larger companies. To that end, Pantheon is very important to them because it's an MMO. I don't know of any other genre that pushes every aspect of game development like MMOs do. With MMOs, network code and support and speed and efficiency is paramount. At this point, we are using code that is plenty robust enough to take us into alpha and probably beyond. That said, we are also considering our own network layer to make things run even more efficiently and to give us the control we need to create both vast regions with hundreds or thousands of players and NPCs, as well as smaller areas packed with gamers perhaps doing a raid or some other get-together. What's key is we have options, modify what we're using now, take advantage of tech that appears in the future, or even write most or all of our own tech. One of the things that excites me the most is how often they update and how easy it is to incorporate their updates into our game. If you look at our early streams and then follow along chronologically, you can see the visual fidelity go up and up. This is a combination of us getting better, putting in our own assets, modifying the engine itself where necessary, such as our own shaders and more, and Unity themselves consistently upgrading and expanding upon the capabilities, including the visual graphical goodness. Our efforts and their efforts combine, and there have been several jumps in fidelity and performance since inception. And, quite honestly, this is an ongoing process, and it really gets me excited. We are constantly working on both the guts of the game, as well as how it looks. We want watching the game to be as compelling as possible, not just playing it. In fact, our next major milestone, Project Fairthale, incorporates both a lot of new gameplay, but also the graphics, animations, etc. have really leveled up. So I'm feeling great about 1. how far we've come, just look at the early stuff, 2. where we're at now, where we can put up screenshots that I think are pretty impressive even compared to other new and AAA titles, and 3. where we're going to end up at launch, again with tons of new art assets and graphical upgrades we're doing in-house, as well as using the version of Unity that exists then, as opposed to now. And this is key. Normally, doing both would be a real headache. In my last project, we had to eventually stop incorporating the latest engine updates and fork the code completely, taking the source code and heading off into the best direction possible for the game we were making. In fact, we did this with EQ as well. In that case, the engine company was small and eventually shut down. So we had to grab all of the code, hire one of the engineers that worked on the original engine, and create one of the first MMO engines ever 
even though we were already well into development. That wasn't easy, it paid off, but it took resources and time. This has not happened with Unity. We've been able to upgrade to their more recent versions, often with not a lot of work involved. And there's nothing more rewarding than seeing your game suddenly advance in visuals or in performance, etc., just by upgrading to a newer version. In a sense, it's like we have two teams. We get together and merge our tech on occasion, and the result is fantastic. Stuff like this did not happen even 10 years ago. Honestly, I can't even envision how good Pantheon will play, perform, and look at launch. And then, of course, there's the grand vision, where we'll end up taking Pantheon post-launch. You see, we're not stopping, and neither is Unity. We'll always continue to push the tech to make a better looking and playing game. So Pantheon expansion number three, just as an example, will likely look upgraded even in the same older areas than how it looked at launch. So yes, absolutely, we made the right call. Not that there aren't other awesome engines, with trade-offs of course out there. But I know Unity was the right choice for us at inception, and then has continued to be and will continue. Again, I would recommend you find really early videos of the game, then check it out a few months later, and then check out the next one after that, etc. To me, that's the proof of what I'm talking about, that I'm not just drinking my own Kool-Aid here. The proof is there, and there's zero reason not to assume both Visionary Realms and Unity will continue to play very well with each other far, far into the future." End quote. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you learned something from it. And if you did, make sure you're subscribed now because I'll be releasing one of these each and every week until I've gone through my entire archive. And then even after that, I'll continue releasing all of my new videos right here in audio form as well. So while you're here, remember that you can rate and review this episode and share it with some of your friends that you think might be interested in Pantheon so that we can spread the word about the game to even more people and grow the community. So until next week, stay curious and adventure on.